thank you for that song and that reminder that God has given us everything that we need and that salvation is life changing. Thank you choir for singing that song and reminding us of that. Church is so important because we come together to remind each other of God's truths. We're reminding each other that God saves. We're reminding each other that we are freed from death, that we have eternal life. And on our own, there are days we forget that and we need to be reminded. And today the choir reminded us of God's great love and grace for us. You know, there are two things that happen in the life of a church that will bring transformation, revitalization, and life to a church like nothing else. There are two actions that happen in the life of the church that when the church sees this happen, it reinvigorates your faith. One is when we see someone come to know Christ. We're reminded when they come and accept Christ of when we accepted Christ. And we're reminded of the journey that it took from death to life. And it can reinvigorate a church. We should be praying every week, Lord, bring us the lost. Lord, help us share the good news of your son. May we see new life being birthed in your church. We should be burdened about that and praying and asking that the Lord Holy Spirit would come upon people and we would see new life begin. And the other area that we can see this happen is when someone returns who has wandered away from the truth, from the Lord and from his church. When someone who was involved in church was all in and something happened, a crisis, disappointment, a fight, and it pulled them from the Lord, from his church. But when they come back, and when fellowship is brought back, not only between the church, but between that person and the Lord, wow, it reminds us of God's great grace and his love. But church, sometimes I think we miss that opportunity because we don't realize that we have a very vital role in helping those that have wandered from the truth to come back. And it's a road that's hard. It's a road that takes time. It's a road that has a lot of pain in it. But it is a road that is well worth traveling because of the great benefits. And that is how James decides to end his book in James chapter 5. Verse 19 and 20, he shares with us as a church 
our responsibility when someone wanders from the truth. And it is not by mistake that James finishes the book after he talked about prayer and the importance of praying for one another. And he is taking us to the next step after we pray for one another, after we confess with our sins to one another, there's one more step. What about those that have wandered from the truth? After we've prayed for them, what do we do? And this is what the passage says in James chapter 5, 19 through 20. Let's read this together. My brothers, if any among you strays from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his life from death and cover a multitude of sins. If you're the church, we have a responsibility for those that have wandered. Let's just dissect these two verses and look and see what kind of truths that we can find. The first two words say, my brother. I think that that is very significant. My brothers. Some translations say my brothers and sisters. But what it's communicating is we are family. The church is a family. That means we don't get to choose. You get to choose who's in your family? Nope. We're family because we share Christ. And when Christ comes inside of our hearts, that means anyone else that is a Christian, we become family with them. If you've ever been on a mission trip, that's why there's this immediate connection with believers that maybe language is a barrier, maybe socioeconomics is a barrier, but the, the strength of family comes in place because you both are followers of Christ. Maybe you've moved from one town to another town and you're looking for a new church. The truth is, the moment that you walk into a church, you are family with those people because the bond of Christ has connected you. It's not because you have the same likes. I remember when I lived in England, I was in England for a year and I was a minister there and um, and I got there in January, and by July, I'd been there about seven months. And of course, July 4th is a, is a big holiday for us over here in America. It's not one that they celebrate. Um, and there I was, I'm getting ready for my July 4th party of one. And um, wearing my red, white, and blue, and going to kind of stay home. And amazingly enough, that day, I got hundreds of cards, handmade cards, wishing me happy Independence Day, you know, from them. Because they knew it was important to me. That was crazy to me. As a young 24-year-old, I was like, this is so surreal. I'm getting Independence cards from England. It was because they knew it was important and they knew that I was all alone and they wanted to remind me that they loved me. It meant a lot to me. 
Meredith and I moved here to Nacogdoches. We'd been here about two weeks, and my, my mom and my stepdad came to visit and wanted to see um, our new place and see the new church and get to see all sorts of things that were going on here. They did that every time I moved to a new place. They always came in the first couple of weeks. They always came into the church, met a lot of people. It just made my mom feel better. She knew people and knew what my office looked like, all those kind of things. It's just a normal mom thing to do. And so my mom and my stepdad came two weeks after we got here. And um, we went out to um, Clear, um, Clear Springs. I always get that wrong. Clear Springs restaurant. We, um, we were eating and we come home and um, my stepdad trips over a hose and he breaks his hip. And um, three weeks later, he died. And I'd only been here five weeks. I didn't know very many people. It was lonely. It was sad. It's hard to explain. He was my stepdad, but he'd been in my life since I was 11. And the church, First Baptist Church, loved on me like they'd known me forever. Because it doesn't matter how long you're here, the bond is through Christ. And Meredith and I needed encouragement and we needed love and we needed to be reminded that we were not alone. And God used you as the church to let us know that. And for that, we're forever grateful and thankful. We are family. But church, we've got to remind ourselves that we are family. Because sometimes we just come to church and go to our Sunday school class and we just see people that sit next to us and then we move on with our lives and we forget that we need to invest in family. We need to care for one another like family. We don't need to wait for big, horrible events to happen to reach out. We need to be reaching out and loving on people all the time. And so this passage reminds us at the very beginning, my brothers, you are family. React and respond to one another in kind. That means love each other. Some of your family will wander from the truth. My brothers, if any among you strays from the truth, some of our family will wander from the truth. Galatians 2.14 says that um, we don't act in line with the truth of the gospel. And when we don't act in line with the truth of the gospel, then we're not acting like Christians. We are wandering from truth. We all struggle with sin. But when sin goes unchecked, when it goes unconfessed, when it festers in our heart, that is when we begin to wander from truth. Our mind can deceive us and we begin to believe and have filter through sin, through sin's eyes and sin's lens instead of through God's word. And slowly but surely we begin to wander from the Lord and if it continues, we wander and wander and no longer are we in church and then we're no longer connected with his people and we're no longer connected with his word then we're no longer connected 
to Him because we've just moved so far away. We can't sense His Spirit. And there are a couple of ways that we can get into that wandering. There's two parables in the Bible that show us two different types of wandering. The parable of the prodigal son is a very familiar passage and it shares that that is an active type of rebellion. He actively sought to do what he wanted to do. He became independent. Give me my money. Let me go. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. I am going to run from the father. Active, an active rebellion. When we begin to believe that we know better, when we begin to think that we can do it on our own and we're independent, we don't need the Lord. That's an active rebellion, an active step of wandering. But there's another parable that talks about wandering that I think is so interesting. It's a passive rebellion. And it's about the lost sheep. Remember when, when Jesus talked about the shepherd and there were a hundred sheep and one, one went astray. And he left the 99 and he went to go look for the, for the one. You know why sheep are astray? It's because they're not smart animals. Sheep are not smart animals. You have to herd them. You've got to watch because they can get easily, they can easily be separated from the flock. It takes a lot of, of intentionality to keep them together. That's why God used that as a symbol of us for so many places in the Bible is because we need so much attention. Because it's so easy for us to get away and sin, get distracted. And so what happens is, is we, we see something and we move in that direction or we, we decide that it's not as bad and we try to justify our actions to make them not as bad or as not as sinful as others and, um, or justify we're angry at something because of what someone else did instead of just acknowledging that we need to trust God in all things. And so rebellion and wandering happens. My brothers, if any among you strays from the truth, wanders from the truth. Truth is, is not just the Bible and rules. We know that truth is a person. I am the way the truth, and the life. That Jesus is truth. And when we stray and wander from God's word, we're straying and wandering from God. Sin is always personal. And it is always against God first. I'm reading this book called Caring for One Another. And one of the things in this passage that I think is so, um, in this book is so crazy is it says sin is always about God. We are aware of that or not. It is always about God. It is bent on our independence. When we get angry, our anger is not consciously about God, but it is about him. Because we are mad about something 
or someone because they're not doing something that we want. Instead of trusting that God is sovereign and he is in control. And that where we can't find a way, God will. So sin is always personal. It is always first and foremost against God. And so when we wander, we've got to acknowledge that. So what should we do when someone in our church begins to wonder? What should we do? In this passage, it says, someone, um, if, among, if someone among you strays from the truth and someone turns him back, let him know that whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save his life from death and cover a multitude of sins. So what should we do when someone is straying, the first thing we talked about last week is praying for them. We need to pray for them. We need to ask the Lord that they would be able to see truth. To take the scales from their eyes and see the Lord. We need to pray that God would put people in their path that would remind them of the goodness of God. The forgiveness of God, the love of God, the power of God. The second thing we need to do is we need to talk to them and pursue them. Galatians 6.1 says, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should restore them with a gentle and humble heart, watching out that you yourselves not be caught up. In the same sin. Not interesting. We should talk with them, but we should talk with them not from a, I am totally got it all together and you don't. But we need to talk to them and said, I've been there. I'm a sinner saved by grace too. I know you're struggling. I've struggled too. And the only way back is through God's great love. The next thing that we should do is realize that we're in it for the long haul. It's a long game approach. I'm a Baylor fan. It's a long game approach. <laughs> so many times we give up on people because we go and we talk to them and, and they're not ready to, to come back to the Lord and we go, well, it's over. We've lost them. We don't want to experience the pain. We don't want to sit in the pain of their sin too long. So it's just easier just to move them off the table. But the truth is we need to be prepared for the long game. That it's going to take time. That there is going to be months, maybe even years of waiting until you see them come back. But when they come back, what a day of rejoicing that will be because their eyes will have been open and they will see that God loves them and forgives and covers a multitude of sin. That's what God's word tells us. So we need to be in it for the long, the long haul. Our goal, what should we do when someone wonders? Our goal is repentance and restoration. 
Many times we get this wrong and we think the goal is to remind them that what they're doing is sinning. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Our goal is for them to repent. Our goal is for them to be restored to the body. Our goal is not to stand up and say, what you're doing is wrong. Our goal is, the Lord loves you. Come back to Him. You're moving further from Him. Come to Him. It's a completely different thing. It's still the same. It's still sin. They're still doing things wrong. But God's Word will help them and convict them of that. We're reminding them of what they're missing in fellowship what they're missing in grace, what they're missing in purpose, what they're missing in relationship with the Lord. We have a responsibility as the church to help those that wander. So what happens when the wanderer returns? What happens when the wanderer comes back to the church? It says, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his ways will save his life from death and will cover a multitude of sins. When the wanderer returns, remember we all share the same story. That's the gospel message, isn't it? When we accept Christ for the first time, what happens? We're saved from death. And a multitude of our sins are covered. Right? The moment we accept Christ, we say, you have died for my sins. You are Lord of my life. We are saved from death and we now have eternal life. And our sins have been forgiven and washed away. And people, that's not a one-time event, is it? I'm so thankful for that. And so when wanderers come back and they have done something and maybe it was something that was, that was shocking or, or, or horrible or, or maybe we didn't even know exactly why they left, but we just were sad that they've been gone for so long and it's weird because we haven't seen them in four years and how do I relate to them? What it says here is a multitude of their sins are covered. We move forward. We move forward in grace. We move forward in love and we remind ourselves that we too were in need of a Savior. There are no second class citizens in the church. We are all sinners. We are all in need of grace. We are all in need of God's forgiveness. And so when someone comes back, we should embrace them. That's hard to do. That's hard to do sometimes when the reason that they wandered is because there was difficulty between maybe you and that person. But there's no room for that in the church. Because God loves each and every one of us. And the message of the gospel 
is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That Christ came and died for our sins and rose again in power so that we too could experience victory over sin and death. And so it's vital that we church get this right. It's vital that we respond well to those who have wandered from the truth. So what about if you're the wanderer? What if maybe this message is for you because you have wandered from the truth? Maybe you haven't wandered from the church yet, but there's something in your life that you know you're doing that is not in line with who God is or what Christ has said. Or maybe it's been a while since you've been to church. Maybe you're watching on TV or live streaming and you're wondering, is there a place for me back at church? What is the message of this passage for you? Let's walk the passage again and read it from that perspective. My brothers, if any of you among you stray from the truth, the first thing that we learn, if you're a wanderer, is you are family. You're family. This week as I was preparing to to uh, preach the sermon, I um, just had a pretty busy week, as we all had. Everyone has busy weeks. But I was trying to get a lot of things done, and so I decided that on my lunch break on Monday, I would do errands, grab food that's not good for me, and get a haircut because I needed to get one pretty bad. Um, And so I decided that I would do that, and so I went to get a haircut at this place, And while I was there sitting in the chair, um, as it always happens um, when you are sitting somewhere and some uh, at a restaurant or anything, people will begin to ask questions if you are talking with them and they'll ask, you know, how long have you lived in Nacogdoches? What brought you here? All those kind of questions. And so it came up pretty quickly that I was a minister and that, um, that I'd only been here since November and so I asked this person, how long have you been in Nacogdoches? And they told me, and I said, so, um, so have you found a church? I said, I used to go to church, but I don't go anymore. They got too in my business. I didn't like it. And I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, that's family. You know, that's family for you. But it's because, because we love you. I know that. It's because they love you. Well, I can get it from going and talking with my family. And I like, I, I still believe in God. And I talk religious stuff with my family. And so that's, that really is enough. I mean, really, what's, what else do you need with church? Well, relationship. We, we need Relationship. We need one another. Because when things go bad and we can't see a way out or we can't see God 
It's the church that reminds us that God is there. When we are struggling with something, there is somebody in the church that has struggled with it before. And they can give testimony that God was faithful. That's why it's so important for us to have intergenerational ministry in the church. That senior adults and and young couples know each other. And know the stories of one another. Because that's where we get strength. We learn from people that have lived their faith out. And we learn that God was faithful. What was this person missing? They were missing relationship, not just with the church, but with the Lord. Because as we learned last week, there are only certain things that God does through the prayer of others in our lives. There are certain things that only God shows us through the faithfulness of others around us. We're family. Does that mean it's perfect? Absolutely not. Does that mean that we'll offend one another at times? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, what does it mean? That we're family. And that God will unify. And that God is in the business of restoring. And that God is in the business of reconciling. And we're the people he's doing that to. So if you're a wanderer, you need the church because they have a message for you of hope, of forgiveness, of love, of encouragement. If you're the wanderer, you cannot decide on your own to return to God. You think you can because you decided on your own to walk away. But the funny thing about sin is it puts you in a cycle that you can't get off of. It deceives you to believe that what you're doing is right. And then it throws guilt at you. I can't believe you did it. And then it puts you to doubt Does it really matter? Does God even care? And then it deceives you. And then it throws guilt on you. And then it throws doubt on you. And there's no way to get out of that cycle. But God uses His people. He uses His Word. He uses His Spirit. And he uses his people to pursue you and call you back to him. We as a church have a great responsibility when people wander because God uses us to go to those that are wandering and say, let me tell you of God's great love. There is nothing you can do. There's nothing that you can do That will change God's love for you. There's no sin too big. There's no amount of time too long. We have this great, great responsibility and gift 
to work with God to help those come back. So what happens and what prayers are answered when we see a wanderer come back? These three prayers are answered. The first one is found in Psalms 51.12. This is the prayer that David prayed. He prayed, Restore the joy of my salvation to me. Sustain me by giving me a willing spirit. When a wanderer returns to the Lord, the joy of his salvation is returned. It's not new life, but it's reinvigorated life. How awesome is that? That's worth the long game to see joy return. The second answered prayer is found in 1 Peter 4.8. Above all this, maintain constant love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Remember how it said in James that If someone turns a sinner from the error of their ways, they will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sin. How does that sin get covered up? Great love. Jesus loved us so much he died on the cross and his blood covers our sins because of his love. What does he call us to do? The same thing. To love so deeply that it covers over a multitude of those sins. Because when we sin, what happens? We receive so much guilt. And so when the church loves on people, despite what they did, it covers a multitude of sins and it has answered prayer joy of salvation restored our sins are covered because of the great love of God and the great love of his people then the last thing prayer answered is the church gets to experience firsthand the power and presence of the Holy Spirit through the person that wandered. When someone comes back, we see God's Spirit moving so powerfully and it reminds us of how God moved in our hearts. If you never did anything else for me, what's the rest of that? He'll always be enough that you set me free. It reminds us of God's great love and salvation. And when we see new life formed, and when we see old, beaten up life brought back to life, we are reminded of the great power of God. And so church, it's worth it and important for us to take the long road and to pray for those that have wandered from the truth. It's so important for us to go and talk 
to those that we know are missing. Do you know how many people are on roll in our church? Do you know how many people come? There's a great difference between those two numbers. Where are they? Why are they not here? They haven't moved their membership. Where are they? Why are we not talking with them? Why are we not expressing to them God's great love and that we miss them? And that there is always room at the table of grace for everyone. Maybe you realize that you are one of those that have wandered. And you realize that maybe you are physically here, but you are living in such a way that doesn't honor the Lord. And you know you need to come back to Him. Today's a good day to come forward to talk with one of the ministers that will be up here and said, I need to return. The last question in our, in our sermon notes is just a real simple question of who is God prompting you to pursue and to talk with? Maybe you need to write someone down in that, in that space. And maybe today at the end of the service, you need to come to the altar and just pray and ask God to give you an opportunity that you would open a door of opportunity for you to talk with them and remind them of the great love of the Lord. Maybe you've never made a first time commitment and you realize you want to have a relationship with a God who loves a God who gives life and a God who covers over our sin. Today's a good day to do that too. There are so many reasons why today may be a day for you to come to the altar and pray. Or as Andre comes in just a minute and sings, maybe you just need to sit down right where you are and make that your altar and pray there. But don't miss the opportunity, church, to get in the game and to be a part of restoration because there is nothing more exhilarating than seeing the Holy Spirit change a life. And God has given us the great opportunity to be at the front lines of that. Don't miss it. It's worth, it's worth it, regardless of how long it takes. Would you stand with me? Father God, we just come before you today and we acknowledge that you are God. And you have loved us with a great love. Father, we don't deserve it. Father, I've sinned so much, made so many mistakes. And yet you love and forgive 
and encourage me and give me power to have victory. So for that, Father, we're so thankful. Help us to see people the way you see them. Help us to see those that have wandered from the truth and wandered from you and give us a a compassion and a heart for them. Help us to have hard conversations with love. And help us to see, Father, your spirit move powerfully, that you would revitalize your people, that you would bring new people that have never experienced you, Father, a new life, that you would just infuse this church with your spirit. May you have the freedom to work. In your son's name we pray. Amen.